0: this season, we've been talking about lots of gifts, gifts that are not vulnerable to the supply chain shortages or any other challenges that are going on. And today we're talking about the gift of abundant life. This is actually the last in this short series. Please go back and listen to The Gift of Relationship, God's Presence, listen to the gift of the word of god and listen to the gift of the wisdom of god and all of that is the precursor and goes with the gift of abundant life and i'd like to just remind you that john ten ten talks about jesus perspective on this what he came to do and he says i've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly that was really his mission was to fulfill the law and to make sure that we have not just life in any kind of life but life and more abundantly. He also said in John 14:6 he says I am the way the truth and the life. No man comes to the father but by me. So he saw himself as the door, the gateway to the sheepfold of God. And we know that Jesus is the greatest gift and all other gifts actually originate in him. One of the things in his ministry when he was here on the earth in Ephesians, the fourth chapter talks about it, verses 7 to 16, he came to bring gifts to men, to give gifts to men. And one of the gifts that he gave would be certain positions, apostles, prophets, teachers, whatever we need the ability to do in order to carry out his mission and work here on the earth, that's how he's resourced the church. That's how he's resourced every last one of us as individual believers. And we find that though we may want to build a house for God, just as David did, God is actually building a house out of us. And what he's building last, what he built is even greater than anything that we could imagine or anything that we could think about. Now, I want to just remind you of a story about a widow who was from the area of Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And this is in 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, verses 8 through 15. At the time, food was apparently scarce. This widow had a son. She had just a small amount of grain and a small amount of oil left. Her plan was to cook that, have her and her son eat it, and then die because they had no more food remaining. However, the prophet Elijah came to visit her and said to her, listen, I want you to first give me some water, which she did. Secondly, he said, give me some bread. She said, I don't have any bread. I just have this little bit of grain and this little bit of oil, which I'm going to make a cake for my son and I, and we're going to eat this and die. And of course, the prophet says, Make me a cake first. And then he went on to say that the flour that she had and the oil that she had would not run out, that it would be plenty for her and her son until such time as when the conditions changed. Now, that took a lot of faith on the part of this widow of Zarephath. However, she did exactly that. She made the little cake that she had, gave it to the prophet, and her flour never ran out and her oil didn't run out until the crisis was passed and they were able to make a living in some other way. So this is an example of the abundance of God where we give God the little bit that we have. And then God takes that little and he multiplies it and makes it into something really great, actually beyond our imagination, something spectacular. And in Malachi, the third chapter, God talks about this because his people were not paying their tithes and offerings as he had instructed them to do. And he accused them of robbing him because they were not bringing the tithes into the storehouse. And so here was the challenge he gave the people. He said in Malachi 3.10, he says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you, the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So God's blessing, what he was planning to give them was far more than anything that they could imagine. They wouldn't even have enough room to receive what he planned to give if they would first give what he was requiring. That's the same principle with the widow of Zarephath. She had a little. She gave the little that she had and God multiplied it to meet the needs of her and her son for a long time. Now, if she and her son had eaten that food at the time, had not given it to the prophet who was representing God, they really would have only had that and nothing more. So whatever we give to God is multiplied because God is a God of abundance. And I wanted to just remind you when Jesus was feeding the 5000 and that's 5000 men plus additional women and children in the mix the disciples who were with him they said look it's getting late these people have been here for a while surely they're going to be hungry we should send them away so that they can go and get some food and take care of themselves and jesus said to his disciples you give them something to eat and they're thinking all we have here are these 5 loaves of bread And those are small little loaves and two fish. This was a little boy's lunch that his mother had made for him to eat. So this little boy had five loaves and two fish. And so they said to Jesus, we have here only five loaves and two fish. I want you to hear that language because the disciples were coming from a poverty mindset. They were looking at the little that they had that it was not enough. It was only five loaves of bread and two fish. And again, God desires to take the little that we have and what seems little to us, and he wants to multiply it for his glory. So in this case of feeding the 5,000, Jesus said to his disciples, okay, well, bring those loaves and bring those fish to me. They brought the food to Jesus, the little that they had. Jesus looked up to heaven. He blessed it. He broke the loaves. He broke the food that he received. And there was so much food in abundance that everyone ate. They were filled. Everybody had all that they needed. And they had 12 baskets of leftovers remaining after everyone had eaten all that they needed to eat, all that they wanted to eat. That's the abundance of God. In a human sense, we could never feed 5,000 people with five small loaves and two fish. However, when it's offered to God, given to God, and we look to heaven for our sustenance, and we bless that food, we break that bread, that's when the increase in the abundance of God kicks in. I want you to keep in mind several principles that relate to this. Luke 6 and 38 says, give and it shall be given to you. That's the abundance. We give and it's given back to us in abundance, shaken together and running over. And then 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says that he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. You don't plant a whole lot in the crops out there in the field. You don't get much back in the harvest. And that's just a principle of sowing and reaping that God has in place. When we give an abundance of what he's given us and we give an abundance back to him, he also gives us abundance in return. So if you don't want to reap sparingly, then sow abundantly and you will see what God will do bottom line is we have to remember that nothing that we have is anything that we have because of our own ability to truly just create it out of thin air. All that we have, God has given us, and he's asking us to give him back a portion of what he's already given. So, what we have to realize is everything we have already is his, was first his, belongs to him, and we ourselves are even. His. We belong to him. So we're just giving back to God that which belongs to him. So the question is just a matter of will you trust God and be willing to give to him first? Just as Matthew 6 and 33 says, it talks about how that we should seek his kingdom first. And then all of these other things like food, shelter, and clothing that he knows that we need, he will make sure that we receive that when we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. What can you give back in the workplace? And remember, all you have, even in the workplace, you've received, and it all belongs to God. What you give back to him, even from your workplace, he multiplies. Where can you partner with God to give to those in your workplace something to eat? So when Jesus says, you give them something to eat, you're a marketplace ministry leader. What will you give your people to eat out of the abundance of what you have received? And then you and your people will get to see how God multiplies what's been committed to him and what's been given back to him. So I'd like for us to close with Ephesians, the third chapter and verse 20, with just another picture of the abundance of God. And it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory, in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So always remember, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think by his power that's working in us as marketplace ministry leaders. So he desires to bring his abundance Through you, will you be a willing vessel who gives back to him first and waits for his provision? You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist, Ron McMillan, for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening, and remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.